Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com SLM. Then you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com SLM and get started today. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Baseball, and in case you're wondering why this isn't J-Mac hosting things off, he seems to have roamed off into the wilderness, so we got plenty of great stuff to talk about, but don't you get uneasy because I am joined here by everyone's favorite baseball co-host, the one and only Great Sambino. It's like hey, um, Popeye, except I eat tomatoes instead of spinach. What was that? That was perfect. Uh, I love your Popeye reference. Sam, how you doing? I'm doing really well. I don't remember saying that. What What's going on? So two things I think happened. One, that's the beauty of these drops is you never really know where they come from. They just exist in the archives of SLM headquarters. Like you go down into the basement, you go left past the paint cans, and just beyond Brandon's miniatures figurines, that's where we find those drops. Oh my gosh! The audience can't see me. I'm shaking my head um, in between putting my my palm on my face just because yep. it's a really embarrassing one. Sam, don't don't shake your head that hard. You're going to give yourself whiplash. <laughs> oh my gosh! Where's the crickets? That was pretty good. Uh, that was well, good. we're both in the south, so I'm sure as the sun goes down, there will be some some fine crickets cricketing. Is that the right verb? Cricketing? Yeah. No, I think there might be a more technical term, but this works. They're actually cricketers in England. That's what they do to pass time. So I don't know about you, Ben, but I'm quite intrigued by crickets because it is like the grandfather of baseball. I kind of want to figure out how to play and or watch cricket, at least just to like say that I've done it. So I could get behind that. I think so. Not that I've watched Ken Burns baseball 4,000 times, but I'm pretty sure. Well, we almost got a spit take live from Atlanta. That would have been great. That was wonderful. It so, came out my- oh, it's awesome. Um, so with Ken Burns baseball, at least in that, they're talking about how it started out as called the game of base. And it basically was a hybrid between rounders cricket but it was all kind of the americanized simple version of that like the schoolyard version of rounders that anyone could just pick up and go yeah you really got to dumb it down for us yankees i guess absolutely and how uh speaking of yankees uh did J mac disappear running off uh, up to up to the bronx to try and kick some yankee tail do we know where he's at i think now this is just a rumor I think he's up actually trying out for a rotation spot with the Red Sox. Oh, okay. So That's good. I don't know if you've heard about their recent woes. Um, the Red Sox, like, just they're terrible right now. Um, they are three and seven in their last ten. They are seven and a half games out of the wild card spot. So it's probably a good thing that Justin isn't here because I think he would just make all of our computers melt through the internet. So I agree. Caveat, it's always sad when he can't be with us because he definitely brings all of our game up. And so I don't want to tell our audience that you're getting the replacements, but you're definitely getting a different looking outfielder crew taking the diamond this evening. 
Yeah, I would say that he's on the IL and unable to contribute, but I feel um, fully confident in our abilities to to carry on without him and, and do maybe like a 6.5 out of 10. Excellent. You know what I would also rate a 6.5 out of 10? Um, let me guess. Pickles. Phil. <laughs> Pickles? The family from Rugrats? I just don't know your opinion on pickles. Some people are medium. I just thought I'd go a little higher than medium. No, I think pickles are a pretty big deal. <laughs> yes. Ben, you know, this is actually going to go really well because we have two things in common that often are suppressed by Justin's presence. One of them is a deep, deep love for history of all kinds. And mm -hmm. the other is a deep, deep love of dad jokes. And Thank you. Thank you very much. No, uh, it's actually I'm, I'd rated a six point five. It's an it's another adventure in fatherhood. So occasionally I will share them. So we went to meet the meet the teacher night tonight. It was great. My kiddos are awesome. They're super stoked. Um, but afterwards, I was like, Hey, I don't feel like cooking. Let me just order a pizza. No big deal. Got the stuffed crust. Way to go. Love it. Uh, one of my kids though doesn't want to eat the crust. So I was like, Okay, cool. No big deal. I basically eat like a dumpster anyway, as y'all witnessed in Colorado. But basically, <laughs> let me just, uh, you know, I'll eat your crust, whatever. It's just extra cheese and carbs. What could that possibly do to my body that's bad, right? Anyway, one of my kids gave me their crust. They ate all of the cheese out of the stuffed crust and gave me this hollow bread shell. And uh, there's still like residual, like kid spit cheese on the side. But like, like I said, six, 6.5 probably. I have questions about, well, I guess maybe we'll get to the, the first question on my mind because it, it feels like we might get there. Uh, is the crust split open? No, that's, that's, that's the thing. When I took the slice from her little seven-year-old hand, I was like, oh, cool. She's giving me crust, but it's like a cheesy breadstick. Like, it's going to be good. There's, there's theoretically should be mozzarella plumping this thing up. Yes. But there's not. So somehow the child has extracted cheese from the, the bread tube without actually breaking the tube open, except on the ends, right? That's already that's broken. From the bread tube? <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. How does one make a tube of bread, Sam? I don't know. Ask the proprietor of the pizza that you bought. Okay. I'll do that. I'm sure that... 16 year old from the simpsons will be like sir i don't know which bread tube you're talking about <laughs> don't hurt me i'll be it i'm just raging through the window in a faded rangers ball cap <laughs> yeah so um there's no tear in the crust the cheese has been uh extracted that's you know kind of impressive and probably a little disappointing right you know i'm i'm gonna say I, it is equal parts disappointing and impressive. I think that it's, I'm really proud that like, it's kind of a, almost like a, like a first step into pranking. Like, Hey, I'm going to give you this crust, you know, but like, Oh, I took out all the cheese, whatever. Go hose yourself. Like that's what I'm feeling. <laughs> that is awesome. Did you ever watch, um, Kroll show? What? No, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with this. There's a show called Kroll show. It's, uh, operated by a guy named Nick Kroll. Oh, yeah, from uh, the tuna thing with John Mulaney. Precisely, with John Mulaney. It's kind of the the inverse of that prank where you're getting a bread tube with no cheese. They're at a cafe and they ask for way too much tuna on their tuna sandwich so that their guests can awkwardly be asked, 
Isn't that too much tuna? I love it. <laughs> yes, I have seen uh, the on the good old Netflix uh, the Mulaney thing. We're we're a big this this household here supports John Mulaney. Strong support for John. Strong support for John. He has no way of making our POS corner this week, but I am interested to see who does. And this is going to be the really fun part. Um, I don't know if you've known this, but since J-Mac is out on sabbatical, we're going to do this the good old-fashioned way. Beep, 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 beep. We interrupt this program to bring you breaking news. It seems that people have been called pieces of crap from around the globe. The perpetrator appears to be none other than the great Sambino. He is known to be at large in at least the greater Atlanta metropolitan area. <laughs> ding, 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 huge piece of shit. All right, clap, clap, clap. Sam, who is on the POS corner? Holy crap. We need to recut all of that uh, the way that you did it for the next time. That we- <laughs> so, Just so low budget. Just um, completely like not even B level. Like that's, that's some C level film student BS right there. We got Audible on board. I'm sure we'll uh, see some dough rolling in. We'll get some A. Maybe we'll get John Mulaney to come talk. There he did that really well. Hashtag goals. Do you think he likes baseball? I was actually, before you cut to the POS, I was going to ask, do you think John Mulaney, Mulaney likes baseball and what would his team be? He's from Chicago, but I feel like he would have been a White Sox fan. Just because the Cubs are like easy to be fans of? Yeah, but I think he's a few years older than us. So I feel like late 80s, early 90s were kind of his formative baseball years. And I think the White Sox were fielding a decent team at that point. If for no other reason than they got a lot of publicity when they signed Michael Jordan. I could just see him wearing like a faded Cubs hat and like really short shorts and some boat shoes and just loving Wrigley. Okay. Just like uh, sucking down hot dogs out of a bread tube. (laughs) Let's talk pieces of shit. All right. My piece of shit, uh, because Justin is gone, is Rick Porcello. Ding! (laughs) Rick Porcello has an ERA of 5.67 on the season, a whip of 1.4, and uh, 10 wins. So um, those numbers by by themselves are, are not that great. But what's really, really bad is that in his last nine starts, Rick Porcello, or Pickle Rick as I've been calling him literally for the past two hours, um, has an ERA of 8.28 over nine starts. Um, wow. That is a huge reason that the, uh, the Red Sox are doing really, really poorly and are, you know, they might even not make the playoffs. Their rotation has been garbage. Chris Sale has been garbage. But Rick Porcello really takes the cake for pieces of shit um, when it relates to the, the rotation in Boston. So, Rick, um, clean up your act, man. Yeah, just get that get that act clean. No, for context, for those listening at home or in your car or wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, Boston is currently two teams back of the wild card. They're seven and a half back of the, of the last wild card spot. It's also worth noting that we do have a tie. Uh, so, currently, there are three AL wild card teams because Cleveland and Minnesota are tied. But technically, one will take the division and the other one will take the wild card if the season ended today. I mean, this is a Red Sox team that just trampled everyone last year. And largely, it's the same squad. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about hangover effects 
um, on this podcast for especially especially with the Red Sox just kind of sliding uh, in the first and the second half of the season. I I can't say it's a hangover. I don't think they did enough, and I think some of their talent last year was a little overrated. I'm gonna say that. I don't know if overrated is the right word. I'd say they they definitely performed at career levels. You know, that I think that's cool. that's the way that I would brand it. And then for me, it's it's a lot like if you have the um, if you win the fifth grade spelling bee, like good for you. That's absolutely fantastic. But then if when you're in sixth grade, if you did absolutely nothing. And you're like, oh, I won in fifth grade. Let me do this. And then everyone who lost to you in fifth grade spent all summer studying and all fall studying. Like, you're going to be toast. It's so true. That's that's my analogy. So anytime you think World Series, think fifth grade spelling bee. That's a fantastic analogy. I imagine the sixth grade winner just going, I won in fifth grade. And everybody just goes, nobody cares. Do it again, clown. That's right. Do it again, clown. That will be probably your next drop that's cut. It's just <laughs> uh, Boston's just sucking. I know Justin's pretty heated about it. I'm, I'm sure that's why he's on sabbatical right this second. Well, but. Here's the thing, like, I'm I'm kind of sad, like, for them. You know, like, I think that when Boston is healthy, and and I don't mean from a physicality standpoint. I mean, when they have a healthy club, when their club is doing well, it makes people pay more attention to baseball. No offense to the Padres, but they are a much smaller market. When you get a competitive Boston in the hunt, that's good drama. Those are good headlines. That gets people's attention. Same thing with the Yankees or with the Dodgers or even the Cubs. But like when Kansas City won the World Series in, what, 2015? No offense to Kansas City, but who cares? Nobody. I mean, they, the, everybody, all the commentators during that World Series were touting their defense. There's no doubt that defense is important, but they were just talking about how good their defense was because everything else was just good enough. Good enough that season. Right. And, and then it comes to my point. That's they did great in fourth grade at the fourth grade spelling bee. <laughs> they were good <laughs> enough that season. It's worth noting that Boston has the second most runs scored in baseball behind the Yankees. So right. Boston has more runs scored than any NL team. That's more than Atlanta, Milwaukee, even the Dodgers. Um, it's really just the pitching, and it's really Rick Porcello. I mean, he's kind of indicative uh, well, of that entire problem. And I, I can't pretend to study the Red Sox um, starting rotation as much as Justin or you, but you also have to say that Sale hasn't been producing at the same level. The Chris Sale of 2019 is not the same Chris Sale of 2018. And so that tends to to lend itself when you're counting on this guy to be your ace and he's laying a deuce. Like, that's just what you got to deal with. Yeah, it's it's entirely true. Chris Sale has a 4-4-1 ERA and a whip over one. I mean, you, you go back last year. I don't, I don't have the numbers on hand for last year, but they were far, far lower um, not a really good showing this season for Chris Sale, Porcello. The bullpen's been garbage. Um, their offense has been fantastic. And, you know, they probably still see a decent amount of fandom just because they're going to hit a lot of balls out of the oh, park. Sure. Um, have a lot of really explosive offense, but they're not winning the games they need to win. Well, I mean, I agree. Headline, totally agree with you. With that in mind, 
a win's a win, you know. I'm sure at this point they would take wins over Kansas City, over the White Sox, over, you know, Baltimore. Like they don't care. They want the W. But yes, in those clutch games when you are trying to make up ground with Tampa or the Yankees, those wins really, really matter. Absolutely. Yeah. There was a game last week <clears throat> on Wednesday, I think it was the the seventh. Um, it was Kansas City versus Boston. It was like just kind of a really bad game. Nobody was scoring a lot of runs. Nobody was pitching very well at the same time somehow. And then um, it went into extra innings. It was like 11 p.m. my time. And it went into extra innings. It's four to four, Kansas City, Boston. And then it gets rain delayed. And it mm. was just, it was so illustrative of the woes of the season for Boston. They just couldn't get it fucking done. Um, they couldn't even finish that game. It was very, I think Justin had a bit of a inflection point upon um, watching watching that game and realizing that the, that the season is almost entirely out of their grasp. No, but you're right. I mean, it's a it's a rough it's a rough spot to be in. Ugh, woof. Woof indeed. That is what the dog says. Would you like to hear my POS? I cannot wait, Ben. Excellent. So my POS today is the waitress at a local restaurant space. Ding! Okay, so here's the thing. I went out today to celebrate my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. In case you're listening and you figured out how to use the iTunes app on your phone, awesome. Congratulations. Happy if you birthday, Mrs. Baseball. That's right. That's that's her name. It's on her marriage license. Uh, she was Mrs. Rounders, and then she married Mr. Baseball, and it was a whole thing. So, power to him, whatever. Um, but basically, so today's experience was great. The waitress was friendly. She brought, like, birthday muffins for, like, breakfast. Like, it was outstanding. But the last time we went to this spot, um, we went there to celebrate my parents' wedding anniversary. And as I'm saying this, I realize it sounds like the baseball family has a thing for breakfast food, which is true. But here's what we here's what we discovered. So last time I give my my order and every time I go out for breakfast, uh, I'm kind of a simple man. Two eggs over medium, hash browns, extra crispy, sourdough toast. Bring me some mayonnaise. I'm on okay. board. Right. So all in all, you your your order or your response was, quote, I'm on board. That was an off the cuff, unscripted response. So, Sam, have you ever worked in the restaurant industry? I have not, actually. I think it's one of my many failings as a professional. I hear you learn a lot about good customer service. I, too, have not, although I have been in customer service for a while. But I, I definitely understand that if someone tells me said order, a natural response is the one that, the one that you had. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. Well, the last time I was at this eatery dining brunch establishment, the direct quote was, what are you going to do with the mayonnaise? Like, that was what the woman told me. And... I appreciate that she's establishing banter and rapport, but it kind of felt like she was insulting my meal. Like I have to justify the food that I am paying for. You must never justify what you put in your body. Well, I mean, maybe on like heroin, you should probably, (laughs) but when it comes to breakfast, fair, fair point. So anyway, I, I don't know if you know this, I like consuming foods in the easiest thing. So I take said sourdough toast and I put the eggs on it and I put the hash brown on it and I put some mayonnaise on there and I make a breakfast sandwich. In fact, if I go to this establishment enough, I have a you know long-term dream, not a dream really, but just a small goal that they'll 
put this item on the menu and they'll call it the Ben baseball and it'll be the sourdough toast breakfast sandwich with eggs, you know, and, and, and hash browns and it'll be great. But the fact of the matter is that I had to justify my condiment selection seems a little off the cuff. What do you think? I, I agree. I think mayonnaise is God's condiment. Uh, it's been... <laughs> It's a very polarizing spread. Uh, a lot of people think that it's just like old eggs that have been left out in the sun or something like that. Hold on. You don't think that, that God would prefer Miracle Whip? <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. Holy shit. Uh, I think he would prefer Miracle Whip, although we know that's the bastardized version of Hellman's regular. <laughs> Uh, mayonnaise is fantastic. It's polarizing. Some people don't like it for whatever reason, but those are the people where you can sneak it into anything and then they're like, oh, this is so tasty. Like, no shit, that's mayonnaise. Um, mayonnaise is a wonderful condiment. You can put it on anything you want, Ben. And in fact, on a breakfast sandwich with the, the things that you talked about uh, complimenting it, that sounds wonderful. Absolutely. Hash browns, go for it. And if and if you were at said establishment and you saw on the menu the Ben Baseball, I mean, initially you'd probably think, "What the heck's the Ben Baseball?" But then you read what it is. There's a decent likelihood you'd order that for six dollars and fifty cents, right? I yes, one hundred percent. I think maybe to make it on the menu, you might need to order like red bell peppers and put them over the white egg to make it look like a baseball. Just an idea. Oh, okay, that's clever. But yes, I would totally order this. Um, it sounds delicious. Sounds like you're getting some unnecessary shade thrown your way for uh, having it how you like it. That's that's fair. I think that that's fair. We're not here to sandwich shame anyone on this podcast, especially with God's condiment mayonnaise. That's right. Well, that wraps up another wonderful, delightful POS corner. Let's make the clapping sounds. Clap, 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 clap. Okay. So I do want to make sure that we keep the lights on here. Are you tired of not being able to read in your car? Do you wish that there was a better way to consume your written content? Well, today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com SLM. There, you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening today. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash SLM and get started now. All right, Sam, are you ready to take a wonderful little spin around the diamond? I would love to. We haven't done around the diamond in a while. I know there's at least two teams that I'd like to talk about, maybe a little bit. Absolutely. So just to let people know, we're what? five, six weeks out from the end of the season, maybe six or seven weeks. Sure. Okay. So we're starting to get the playoff picture um, happening. So instead of how we used to do around the diamond where we would come in and say, this is where every team's standing. I just want to state that if the season ended right now, exactly kind of how things would look. How does that sound? That sounds wonderful. Okay. So right now from the American league, your division winners in the East would be the Yankees. In the central would be Houston, central. In the west would be Houston, I apologize. And in the central, you would have a tie between Cleveland or Minnesota. The winner of the tiebreaker would be the division winner, and the loser would take the first wild card spot. Questions, comments, concerns? 
Yeah, I would like to comment on the Indians getting their shit together. Yes. What in the heck happened? I'm looking right now. Cleveland has gone eight and two in their last ten. Yes. Uh, they're they're making it happen, and they're playing a wounded Boston team right now. Oh, good. Who's winning? Let's see. Uh, I don't know, but it's happening as we speak, and it's in Cleveland. So if I was in the Rust Belt wanting to see a good baseball game, I feel like you'd be able to... Uh, why are you laughing at that? I just think the Rust Belt, that is like a, a perfect term for the area that we're talking about, but like hugely insulting, and I just I, I like it. Well, I didn't mean to insult Drew Carey and anyone else from Cleveland. <laughs> uh cleveland is playing boston cleveland is up five to three um i don't know what turned them around they got rid of trevor bauer at the deadline and they got a pretty good haul of players including yasiel puig Mm -hmm. and you know maybe his strange strangely aggressive aura energized that ball club that would that would say a lot to me about the, the nature of that ball club if that was the case sure they've been on a tear since the deadline um, and they're, you know, they're in the fucking lead for the division tied with tied with Minnesota. So it's anybody's game at this point. And that was not what we were expecting to happen. Minnesota was just running away with it. I think at one point they were like maybe nine or 10 games up. Absolutely. So I think that Cleveland had started to get it together. But then whenever they got Puig, it was almost like a B12 shot to the team. Like they just got this extra extra energy and i feel like he probably walked into the clubhouse and said are we really going to lose to minnesota seriously you know and then he just did the chop and you know now they're on a tear i think they got lindor back as well and then i think maybe jose ramirez also kind of came to life a little bit um he's still on the the indians isn't he i think so yeah he is He's been he's projected to be really good this season. Kind of had been underperforming. I think he's been a little bit on a tear. At least offensively, they seem a little bit stronger. Um, they've always had really strong pitching, so to see them get rid of Bauer was a little bit strange. But mm-hmm. um, something's working there, and well, I love a good race, especially in a division that we have like regularly shit on. I mean, last season we couldn't say two words about the Central before giving up. Right. Uh, uh, the two words would be Cleveland wins and then we would move on. Like that was the extent of our hard hitting discussion on Cleveland. So you mentioned pitching and two notes. One, getting rid of Bauer, it makes me wonder. And I don't know, there's nothing publicized. So this is pure speculation. Was he not a good clubhouse fit? What was his relationship like with the pitching coaches? You know, like I'm wondering about those types of things to see what the dynamic was was impacted. And two, He'd been back for a while, but now he's figuring it out. Uh, Clevenger. Clevenger, how do you say his name? Clevenger. Yeah. So he is definitely, um, I feel like he was out for maybe the first like third, if not half of the season. Um, I know because he was riding my DL on my fantasy team <laughs> for the whole time, but now he's starting to kind of get it, get it sorted together. And I think that those things in conjunction with each other, uh, plus Puig, plus, you know, getting it together i mean power to him yeah i on that first point i think that absolutely bauer was probably a little bit of a toxic cancer on the clubhouse i mean he's constantly being fairly negative and a little bit self-righteous about just about everything um you mix that with a a puig that's not going to go very well so probably good that they got rid of him before they acquired puig um 
kind of kind of a weird situation. I wouldn't want that guy in any of my clubhouses. I have four, by the way. Which one, Puig or um, or uh, Bauer. Bauer? Okay. Bauer. Yuck. That yeah. none neither of those guys are good. Puig is like notable for being one of the most hated by players player in the MLB. Yeah. Um, but Bauer is just. I think he's just a little bit of a cock. That's fair. That's gross speculation on my part. We don't. We cannot confirm that he is a stud chicken on a farm. <laughs> uh, I, in the central, also in I think this might be the longest that we've ever talked about the central. Just <laughs> want to touch on the fact that uh, Detroit is in fact the worst team in baseball by a, a pretty good margin. Um, they're thirty-five and eighty. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, it's not good. The Orioles are 39 and 79. So there's a pretty big gap between the Orioles that are just regularly shit on for being bad. Um, and Detroit, who is way, way worse. I think the Orioles, um, fail in much more explosive and fantastic ways. Uh, they just got blown out by the Red Sox, I think 23 to two the other day. So, um, Detroit's actually the worst. No, I mean that's the thing. So at least with um with Baltimore, like they're kind of the Mendoza line of baseball. And so to see <laughs> a team failure. Yeah. So to see a team go beneath them is is just rough. And with Baltimore, we at least can say, and Jimmy Midtown has said it on this podcast, hey, Camden Yards is a great place to watch a ball game. Like at least there's that. And I don't know that we can say the same thing about Detroit. I I completely agree. They play at Comerica in Detroit. I've heard almost no things about that place. Yeah, I I can't. I would if someone wants to, you know, send outfielder podcast to Comerica. I would absolutely love to review a Tigers game, even if it's Tigers versus Baltimore, and you have two teams that haven't combined more than eighty wins this year, uh, duking it out. Like I would watch that game if you pay for me to do it. Like absolutely. Those two teams always call into question um, the, the possibility of like developing a relegation strategy for the MLB, mm-hmm. a discussion for another time. But I will mention that Baltimore has the lowest magic number uh, only because the AL East is so strong. They yeah. have a magic number of six <laughs> mid-August. Oh, six before they can pour out a, a tall one. By the end of the night, I think their magic number will be four. That's impressive. They'll be I, out by the end of the week. So what we're going to have to do, and this will be, so, so two things. One, wonderful tease, because we've talked about how we're going to have our relegation talk very soon. When J-Mac comes back from sabbatical, rest assured, he's worked out a ton of numbers. It's going to be great. There's realignment. It's going to be perfect. But I think the next thing is we're recording this on the evening of August 12th. I would love to dig into and see what the earliest in the year someone has been eliminated is. Ooh, yes, we should do this. We'll, we'll mark this as a follow-up for sure for next episode. So while he's marking that down, just run through a bit of the high level. This is what the rest of the wild card looks like. So um, Tampa would be on the, uh, the second wild card spot and Oakland would be on the outside looking in. They're a game and a half out of the wild card pitcher. Under that, is Boston and they're seven and a half back. And I'm not optimistic about that seven and a half. 
I wish I was, because if I was optimistic about their seven and a half, I might be able to make a case for my beloved Texas Rangers, who are currently nine games out of the wild card hunt. And I'm not quite ready to stick a fork in them, but they didn't do what they needed to do at the deadline. And I just don't have much hopes for anything coming out of Arlington, except maybe Six Flags Amusement Park. Yeah, I think uh, the AL East is largely locked up in terms of division winners. So is the AL West. I mean, Houston's up by 10 games um, and the Yankees are up by nine games just for the division lead, not the wild card lead. Um, Those are locked up. The Central's where it's at. That's going to be some really fun baseball to watch. We got two energized teams. They're fighting for the lead. Um, If Cleveland plays Minnesota, and I think they do soon, I'll fact check that. That's a game to watch. That's like playoff baseball right there. Yeah, let's put that on on Sunday night baseball. Let's uh, let's get some interns out there to do some on the field reporting. It's going to be great. Let's move to the NL. What do you say? Absolutely. Uh, for those listening at home, the N stands for national. The L stands for league. If the season ended today, the Cubs would take the central. The Dodgers would take the West, and the Atlanta Braves would take the East. If the season ended today. Washington would take the first wild card spot and the Redbirds of St. Louis would take the second spot. Milwaukee would be on the outside looking in. What do you think of the top of that division so far before we get to that second team you wanted to discuss? The top of the AL East. Uh, NL East, sorry. NL East, sorry. Atlanta has been really good. I've actually been watching. I watched two of their games over the weekend. Ronald Acuna Jr. has like... I want to say like eight home runs over his past nine games. He's just been raking. Um, their pitchers are coming alive. Max Fried is having a breakout season. Um, and they've sent a bunch of their – this is kind of like a strange silver lining that's really worked out well for the Braves. They have a number of starters um, that have not worked out as starters, and they are now mainstays in their bullpen. Um, and they have a full-fledged um, starting rotation still. So guys like – Tuki Toussaint, guys like Sean Newcomb, um, they are part of uh, the bullpen there in Atlanta, which has historically had a lot of issues and, and still kind of does this season, but uh, they've been pretty good. Well, and that's that's a thing that's really, really concerning for anyone who's rooting against the Braves is anyone can have a solid one, two, three spot in the rotation. But what do you do when either A, one of your non-ace are not performing or be even your ace lays an egg you have to have a healthy you know deep deep middle reliever type people who can come in work a little longer than just your six seven eight in case they ever have to be called on it and it sounds like from what you're saying the braves have really put that together which would make them really dangerous come october it's true they have a lot of um, middle relievers that can go multiple innings and still perform I would say that they lack the classic like seven, eight, nine setup guys and closers. I mean, they signed Mark Melanson for all of fucking mm. people, and he imploded on this first his first appearance with the Braves. That guy's you know way past his prime. Um, not um, not an amazing closer. His closing experience. Uh, I don't think that's really going to work out. I think they have another guy named Jackson who's also had some closing experience. He imploded the other night. But um, they they lack that classic sort of, you know, I have a starter that's going to go six, and then I've got a seven, eight, nine guy. They've got a number of guys that'll go five strong, um, and then they kind of string together some long relief and maybe a ninth inning guy a lot. 
and that's super concerning. Yeah, changed his name from Melanson to Melanta. What an idiot. It's pretty good. Pretty good. So we've talked a little bit about the top of the East, but let's let's dig down just a little more. How are you feeling about um, about the Mets? So the the Mets have been on an absolute tear. They're eight and two in their last ten, and they've. If we were to expand that to fifteen, I think they're like twelve of their last fifteen in terms of wins. They've really sort of picked themselves up, and they are in the wild card conversation. They're one game back. Um, from the wild card spot in the National League. And, you know, we were talking about them last episode, I think. They have just a wealth of talent, and I think they've been um, failing despite that because of management and other sort of ancillary issues with that organization. I mean, the Wilpon family just really mismanaged that team. But that starting rotation is nails. They've got Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil, who are really good. Wilson Ramos is coming alive over the past couple of weeks. That team, you you don't want to play the Mets. Let's just say that. At least not this week. But here's the thing. And if J-Mac Founder was here, he'd be the first one to tell you the Mets will find a way to foul this up because it's the Mets. Regardless of the strength of play that they're putting on the field, their front office, their central management organization will find a way to undermine or somehow handicap the talent level that's on the field. What do you think of that take? So I think that is in line with everything we know about the Mets. The trend line dictates that they should fuck this up, right? Because they're just they're they're just a compilation of fuck ups one after the other sequentially. But I so that that is logical, right? They should definitely mess this up. I, however, believe that they won't because I think that they've fucked up to the point where the team might be a little bit numb to these sort of things. And they might just continue to crush the ball and pitch the fuck out of the ball and do really well. I think they maybe snag a wild card spot and then lose the wild card. It's like I've had the cold and flu so often I'm comfortable dealing with those symptoms and getting on with my life. It's no longer going to lay me up in bed for a week and a half or whatever. Precisely. You know, in this in this case, I might liken it more to like schizophrenia where they're just kind of like used to it. And that's me now. And then I'm just going to go do my thing. It's not unlike the fifth grade spelling bee. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. So if since we're talking about the East, though, and we're, we're giving the Mets credit because they're one game back of the wild card spot, how do you feel about the Phillies being two games back and in the exact same division? I think they'll fuck it up because <laughs> I watched a couple of Phillies games <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, I watched them just absolutely implode against the Giants last night. Um, Nick Pavetta got on in relief. Nick Pavetta used to be like a guy with electric stuff. He was in the starting rotation last year and the year before. Um, He's in relief now, and he immediately gave up like four runs to the Giants. The Giants admittedly are doing quite a bit better in recent weeks, but um, we expect Philly to do a lot more um, with sort of a soft target like San Francisco, and I think they fold. Okay, so by that same logic, and when we were talking about the AL playoff picture, we were talking about the Red Sox and seven and a half back. If we look that, if we look at the NL the same way, which isn't necessarily fair, there are a lot of teams less than seven and a half back. You have all the way down to San Diego. So no. I'm not saying that Arizona, San Francisco, or San Diego have a snowball's chance of overtaking the Dodgers. It's just not going to happen. However, 
if San Francisco is sitting at only three and a half out of the wild card, yes, they're five teams out, but three and a half games, a lot can change in a week. How would you feel if you're playing for the Giants right now? I would actually feel pretty good. I mean, you're, you're in a really weak division, except for the Dodgers. If San Francisco, I haven't looked at their schedule, but if they were to string a couple of series against like San Diego, Colorado, Pittsburgh, Miami, they could really do some damage and, and work themselves into the conversation for a wild card spot. It wouldn't be that hard. And the way that they're playing, they just beat the Phillies. I mean, that's absolutely a plausible scenario where they make it in. Sure. Well, and that's the thing. And we've said it on this podcast a lot where, yes, it's it's all about stringing wings, wins together. It's all about making sure you put yourself in the in the conversation. But a large part of it is getting hot at the right time and just having to have the right streak where the right types of plays come together. And that's so much of what ba- what makes baseball a magical sport and what makes it so much fun to watch, especially as we find, uh, you know, the leaves starting to change and we start to transition closer to fall. Oh, I can't wait for fall. There was there was a commercial the other day. I think it was like just a Toyota truck sale or something. But they're like, get ready for our fall sale. And I was like, I can't wait for fall. Cool off, please. I can't wait to spend meaningful time outdoors and not die. No, uh, that was one of the nicest parts of Colorado. Uh, for context, it was 103 in the DFW Metroplex today with like a 40% humidity. So it was not pleasant. Yuck. I don't envy that. I think it's been in the 90s here with slightly more humidity, but the index isn't even in the hundreds. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, it's not a good look. But hey, that's all right. Is there anything else you want to cover in the AL or the National League as we finish up kind of making our way around that diamond? Nope, not on me. Cool. Well, in that case, there was only one real other main show note that we wanted to make sure we cover. Talk to me about your crazy theory. And I say crazy, I haven't heard the theory yet. Let me let me back that up. Talk to me about your theory around DFA and some of the changes that are happening in the majors right now. Absolutely. So um, as the listeners may or may not know, this is the first year where the trade deadline um, is singular. It was July 31st, 4 p.m. Eastern. No more trades. There's no more waivers after that into August. That's it. One trade deadline. And we didn't see a flurry of activity as we sort of anticipated we would. You know, there, there were some, you know, deals. I think the biggest deal was that three-way trade between Cincinnati, um, San Diego, and the Indians. And set, that sent Puig to the Indians and Bauer to the Reds. Um, but largely, it was, it was pretty quiet. You know, there's a lot of free agents uh, starting pitching that, that didn't get moved. And we were super surprised by that. And now, after the trade deadline, we're seeing uh, a lot of moves with the one one type of move that is allowed, and that's picking up players that have been DFA'd. And I'm just gonna Ben, I'm just gonna list off um, some of the players that have been DFA'd, and I just want you to quickly gut check for me whether or not this sounds a little bit fishy that they weren't already on a major league roster. Okay. All right, love it. All right, here we go. We've got Freddie Galvis. Okay. Uh, as Drupal Cabrera. Okay. Nick Hunley. Okay. Joe Panic. Okay. Jonathan Lucroy. Um, potential injury concerns because I think he's still recovering from that collision. Zach Godley. Wow, really? Greg Holland. What is going on? These are these are not DC list players. These are I, I would argue that all of these are in the B 
B plus category. They've all had their moments and flashes of brilliance. These to me are, are not guys that probably should have been DFA'd or sent down or whatever the circumstance may be. But all of these guys have been transacted since the deadline. And uh, this is this is a huge hot take and, and weirdly conspiracy theory-y. But I get the sense that some of these teams, like the Rangers DFA and Azrubal Cabrera, the Angels DFA and Jonathan Lucroy, um, it might be part of like a backdoor play um, that has dividends for that team down the road. Like maybe the Angels DFA Jonathan Lucroy, he did have the the giant collision, and you know he hasn't performed quite as well as he should have. But he's a strong player, right? There's he no is. way they should have DFA'd him. No, and that's that's where I think that's where I think there's some legs here. And uh, let me be clear: the Outfielder Podcast, as well as Sensibly Loud Media. We love conspiracy theories. We blog about them. Like we are all about not necessarily believing them, but just like really sinking our teeth and trying to get a feel for what's going on. So if you had told me just one or two of those names, maybe I could be like, okay, well maybe, you know, make this excuse or or maybe this team has a good reason, but you string together a decent number of names to where it definitely seems like there's some legs there. Yeah, this, this is gross, irresponsible speculation. But Nick, the two that really stand out to me, um, one of them will make sense and the other one won't. Um, Jonathan Lucroy stands out and Nick Hunley stands out. Uh, Primarily for the reason that they are both extremely strong defensive catchers and they are really good at framing pitches. These guys belong on a major league roster and for them to get DFA'd, it kind of stinks a little bit. Like, is it possible that these teams DFA these guys uh, knowing that they would be able to reap the benefits maybe behind closed doors down the road? I don't know if that's even plausible, but it just, it's just stinks a little bit. I don't like it. No, I agree. Um, so if we were the New York times or the Boston globe, what type of resources would you need the greatest of all known Sambinos in order to go out and put me together about 10,000 words on this? Yeah, uh, I would need somebody in the front office to validate that this is a thing. I'd also like to know the the resource exchanging hands here. I mean, I just watched Moneyball, so maybe everyone's stocking each other's uh, vending machines in the clubhouse. I'm not. I'm not really sure, but it just it just doesn't feel right. This has no foundation. I don't. I haven't thought about it that much, except I look at these names and I think. Each of these guys has done something really great for that ball club very, very recently. And for them to just be like, eh, uh, you know what? I don't want Jonathan Lucroy. That doesn't sound right at all. Well, right. And that's where I think you, you made the right point. And I've heard J-Max say it before. I mean, just just follow the money to see what's going on here. You know, like that's that's what we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Zach Godley, you know, he had a really good season last year as a starter. Um in Arizona, I'm super surprised that Boston didn't try and jump on him. Um, that would have been a no-brainer. I mean, it definitely, uh, what we'll have to do is we're going to put some of these theories and ideas, we're going to write them down, we're going to put them in the mail, get our Pony Express guy on board, and we're going to send that horse out west and see if we can't find J-Mac to get his take on some of these, because I think some of these, uh, he might have some electric thoughts or content on this. So, absolutely interesting um do you have time for one additional minor league anecdote i i love a good minor league anecdote please okay saturday night 
Um, I couldn't find a babysitter to go to a birthday party that I wanted to go to. So I got tickets to the FC Dallas game to go check out, um, you know, Dallas's North Texas soccer club. I'm a dude in my 30s. I'm supposed to like soccer. Let's give this a shot, right? Sure. Okay. So I'm on my way heading north and I'm passed by the Rangers AA affiliate, which is the Frisco Rough Riders. Cool. No big deal. There's people there. It's like 100 degrees. Good for them. Good luck. Enjoy August baseball. It's hot, but hey, it's still baseball. So as we get out there, um, I'm going by a hotel, right? And there is um, like a, a charter bus, custom paint job and everything. And I notice on the side, the Amarillo Sod Poodles. It was the team bus for the double A team in, uh, in Amarillo, Texas. The good old sod poodles. Have you followed any of the crazy names of what all's going on out in the minor league? No, but I no, I haven't. What the what is a sod poodle? So, I believe it's something similar to like a prairie dog or um, groundhog. Like it's it's generic Texas slang or jargon describing ground vermin. So I just Googled Amarillo Sod Poodles. They're nicknamed the Soddies. Oh, yeah. Which has no no joke potential at all. Zero potential. <laughs> and it looks like the, the logo is just like what looks like ground. And then there's just the head of like an animal with a hat on. Yeah, he's wearing like a, like a nice 10-gallon cowboy hat on him. So like good for him representing West Texas well. Um. Minor league baseball is so underrepresented on this podcast and just in general, some of the best baseball that I've ever watched, no, no shit has been minor league games. I've seen a number of games, mostly in the Southeast. Don't ask me why, but uh, the Kissimmee Cobras in central Florida. Fantastic. Like these guys just hit homers all the time. You've got mediocre pitching and overvalued, uh, uh, pitching pitching prospects and just a lot of guys who can just mash the ball. They're ready to be called up to the Tampa Bay Rays and they just there's a lot of action in those minor league games. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. So I did pull together a list for this and it's some of the best names that are out there. Yes. Um by I pulled together a list, I Googled it and I'm using someone else's list. So that's my headline for legal reasons. Uh but you get the Biloxi Shuckers. They're the double-A affiliate for Milwaukee. The Shuckers, I would expect that to be a, a, a southern name if you're shucking oysters. Absolutely. So Biloxi, I believe, is in Mississippi. So probably a lot of oysters there on the Gulf Coast. Okay. All right. You have the Binghampton Rumble Ponies. Oh, yes. That's a Mets affiliate. I know it. Yes, they are. Good job. The Mets affiliate. <laughs> the uh, Rumble take... Ponies. Yeah. I just want a shirt that says Rumble Ponies. Uh, no, this is what it is. Because you guessed who their affiliate is, we just came up with a game. You get one of these. Ding. Great work, Sam. All right. So next up, the Dayton Tortugas. Tortugas. I'm going to go Indians. Uh, I mean, you got the state right. This would be the Cincinnati Reds. So they're playing in the Florida State League. They're the single-A affiliate. But their mascot looks like the, like, academic wannabe cousin of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ooh, yes. Is he wearing glasses? 
<laughs> no, I mean, he's just like wearing a baseball suit, but there's just something about him because he's not like totally jacked like those Ninja Turtles are. He looks like he maybe played Call of Duty for three years instead of going to ninja school. <laughs> I love it. Next up, single A affiliate. This is the Down East Wood Ducks. Down East Wood Ducks. Sing, did you say single A affiliate? Single A affiliate. Hmm. They're a go... newer team. They're in the Carolina League. Um, I'm going to go. Who's your Matt. favorite? Matt. Who's your favorite baseball team? The Rangers. Ding. No. It's a single A advanced affiliate, so it's like a high A ball. So the Rangers had. I know they've always had the Double A Rough Riders. They had the Triple A Round Rock Express that they sold to Houston. Houston. So who did we fill in? Who what team filled in for them? Do you know? I don't know. Somewhere that. in Appalachia. So the they that single A team rings exactly no bells. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. That's as of 17. So, you know, they're a very new one. So the newest uh as of 2018 for the 2019 uh season, the Nashville Sounds are the Rangers new AAA affiliate. Yes, that's a good one. Uh, fun fact, drove by that stadium. Okay, next up is the Fayetteville Woodpeckers. Fayetteville, Arkansas? Uh, no, this is Fayetteville, North Carolina. Holy shit. Um, let's think here. In Justin's mind, Nashville has a team. I need to block that out. Um, I'm going to go with Baltimore. Okay. That's fair. Uh, in this case, no, it's the Houston Astros single A affiliate. What's really cool, friend of the pod, Parker Mushinsky, who we've had on this program before, that's his team this year. God bless you. That's right. That's exactly it. All right. Next up, and if you want a good logo, check out the Florida Fire Frogs single A affiliate for the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay, close. The Atlanta Braves single A affiliate. I should know this. I should know all of these cold. I don't know. I don't think you need the, uh, I don't think you need to know every team's high A ball affiliate. I feel like that's a deep level of knowledge. <laughs> so what can, what's the distinction between high A and A? There's A and then there's A advanced. Okay. So the idea is, and even in our relegation, we only talked about moving down to double A. So that way you have the top three leagues, majors, triple, and double. The next layer below that is the A advanced, and then below that's the A. Got it. That makes a hell of a lot more sense. Thank you, Ben Baseball. Well, it's still confusing, but it, it does make more sense. All right. And so next team, Google their image if you want some good nightmare fuel. Oh, no. The New Orleans Baby Cakes. <laughs> that sounds like a prison name. So uh, Mardi Gras, there's the king's cake. You cut into it, and if you find the plastic baby, you have to, what? like, bring the cake you, next year. You definitely just made that up, right? Totally a real thing. If you find the baby in a cake? Yes, it's a little plastic baby, um, and it's hidden inside one of the cake pieces. So you cut this circular bunt type cake, hand out the pieces, and then whoever gets the baby has something. Ben, I am not on board with this. This sounds horrible. 
Well, if you're not on board with it, and if it sounds horrible, look at their logo. New Orleans. Oh, what? He looks like a caterpillar. (laughs) That'd be a good team name. Dude, no, this is not okay. Yeah, AAA affiliate for Miami. Miami would be this distasteful. (laughs) Just in general. So uh, if, if I may, just a tangent on the Miami parts of them being extremely distasteful. There is a Netflix uh, documentary that I watched called Screwball. It goes super, super in-depth into the biogenesis scandal, and it's very strange links to, like, low-ball organized crime and its affiliation with, uh, like, tanning salons and shit like that. It's like a microcosm of Miami culture, uh, and it is deeply strange and weird and all just very like satisfying if you if you're a hater of a rod. So I think I saw the trailer for that. And it was part of it like animated like they would do. That might have been just the trailer, but there's like... a little bit of that. I thought p- perhaps the sneaky, most disturbing part is that um, they would not only just interview the participants in this very strange like PED drug ring. But also they would reenact certain parts, uh, certain interactions that might have taken place with children as the actors. So there's like a child with like a fake mustache and like gray hair on his head acting as like the old guy. And they would like the the children in the reenactment would mouth the words. (laughs) And then the person being interviewed would actually be the voice. Oh, so that way, if it was like me speaking with A Rod, you'd have a child actor dressed as A Rod, and then they would overdub my voice as the person they're interviewing. Yes, yes, precisely. That's a much better description. Really weird, but also extremely insightful um, into how that whole situation sort of came to be and how loosely uh, organized it was. It was really weird and strange, and you know, no shit, they got caught. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, it sounds like if they're using child actors, they're definitely going to get caught. I have the last team here for you. This name was chosen over the Colorado Springs Lamb Chops, the Colorado Springs Punchy Pikas, the Colorado Springs Throttle Jockeys, and the Rocky Mountain Oysters. And I'm talking, of course, about the Rookie League affiliate, the Rocky Mountain Vibes. Uh, that's just those other names. Any of those would have been better. Yeah, well... I- blame the Milwaukee Brewers because they have now brought you the Rocky Mountain vibes. And I kid you not, their mascot is a s'more. I blame pot culture in Colorado. (laughs) That's fair. That's totally fair. Well, that takes us through our swim of minor league names. Greatest of all known Sambinos. Do you have anything else you want to add for the fine folks today? Not on this day, except you guys be careful out there. So we want to thank everyone for tuning in to episode 78 of the Outfielder podcast. Huge, huge shout out to our sponsors. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure you check us out on sensiblyloud.com. Plus, we are all over your social medias. We have some other great podcasts out there for you. Check it out. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. That really helps us out a ton. Special thanks to our producers, 
J-Mac and to our own voices doing some low-budge production stuff today, which I hope everyone gets a treat on. And, um, you know, this is our reminder to don't text and drive. If you have a sharp eye, keep the runners close. And as always, thank you for listening to the Outfielder Podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah.